film about women growing in the cannabis industry? Yeah, and it's really good. Welcome back to Women Leading in Cannabis, where we go deep and get real with the women pioneering and shaping the cannabis industry. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Pandora. Subscribe to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm Kira Reed, and I'm here with Chris Russo and Chia Rodriguez. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having us. So excited to have you here. Chris is the director of the independent film about women in the cannabis industry, Ladybuds. Ladybuds tells the story of six courageous women, including our other guest, Chia Rodriguez, who came out of the shadows of the cannabis underground to enter the newly legal market. With deep-pocketed corporations taking over the industry, these trailblazers risk everything to make their American dream come true in the very market they helped create. Please welcome Chris and Chia to Women Leading in Cannabis. Ah, ladies, it's taken us a while to get this interview, but I am so happy to have you here. And before I begin, I want to tell my audience, I want to say to my listeners today, ladies, do yourself a favor and take two hours to watch this film. Do it undistracted. Do it in a place where you can really sit and absorb the stories of these women, because it is the story of women in cannabis. And these women, whether you are from Massachusetts or Oklahoma or New York, these ladies are the pioneers who made what you are doing now possible. You need to know their story. You need to know their names and you need to honor their legacy. So I'm so grateful to Chris for giving us this film and making this possible because charting the timeline of women in cannabis is really, really important to do. All right, ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming and talking with me. Let's just, let's get right into it. Chris, why did you make this film? Sure. Wow. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, I live in California and when um, Prop 64 was on the ballot in 2016, which was going to legalize recreational cannabis in California, I, I, I knew we were going to see a huge change, a huge shift in the way people thought about cannabis, in the economy, of course. And um, in my research, you know, I had noticed there was a lot of women uh, speaking up in the media, entrepreneurs, activists, even cultivators coming out and supporting Prop 64. So I was pleasantly surprised to learn that, you know, there were just so many women in this space, you know, after, you know, I've had a relationship with cannabis my whole life, but, you know, I've always thought of it as a, a stoner slash bro culture. So I was like, wow, this is, this is a space really filled with a lot of amazing women. So as a filmmaker, you know, I'm interested in finding a good story. And I started to interview women in the space. I went to cannabis farmers markets, I went to um, women and cannabis networking events like Women Grow. You know, everybody's uh, origin story in cannabis is super, super interesting. I interviewed over 100 women, and I was looking for a feature film to, to do 
I've been making short films for a long time, and this is my first feature. And it was really important to me to lift up the voices of women in the community because I had realized, wow, that women are really the backbone of the cannabis industry. They needed to uh, tell their stories. So I just kind of, you know, ran with my curiosity and, um, you know, chose a very diverse voices, uh, which is important to me as, as an LGBTQ filmmaker to always, you know, represent lots of diverse voices and, and have them tell their stories and represent different areas of cannabis, you know, but tying together universal themes to, to hopefully invite people into this film and relate to the women who are just, you know, in my opinions, in my opinion, um, superheroes, you know, fighting, fighting against the, 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 these giants, right? Because we, you know, your show talks about, you know, women entrepreneurs in the space and the business of cannabis and the women that are doing these amazing things. But, but as, as we all know, like cannabis industry is changing from the small mom and pop operators to these like vertically integrated companies. So I knew this was going to be a historic moment to capture. And I, I wanted to see it through the lens of, of, uh, the women in the space. And yeah, I want to make movies that, that I want to watch. And, and this was something that was super intriguing to me. So watching this film was, I guess, an emotional roller coaster for me personally, because it, it captured for me my own experience. I'm not a grower, I'm not a product maker, but I support women in the industry. And I've been very involved emotionally with a lot of women in the space who are doing what she is doing. And I, you know, I know a lot of the women that were in your film and it's, it's, it's kind of my experience and it's the collective experience we've all been having over the last five years. On the one hand, it's just this like brutal recall of the last few years of the cannabis industry. I mean, it was, it was so freaking hard, especially for the small farmer and the maker, but you know, there's this kind of light and dark in cannabis and you captured it so beautifully in the film because you shined a light on one of the reasons why I think we all stay despite the challenges, and that is community. The incredible generosity of the people in this industry, the relationships and the bonds they share, the love of the plant, it's something that just doesn't exist in other industries. So Chris, when you started this project, did you know what you were getting into? And then what surprised you most about the struggle and what surprised you most about the community? Wow. Um, I honestly didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, I was just really following my intuition and, and in a way I felt called to make this film. I, I was not a member of the cannabis community. I lived in Los Angeles. And um, again, I was just so intrigued by this new industry coming in and seeing so many women in the space. Um, but I really did identify with uh, the philosophies of the people that have been growing cannabis for decades up in the Emerald Triangle, you know, the philosophies of, you know, the, the back to the landers and living off the grid and creating a sustainable way of life. Um, and, and with the, having these really beautiful communities that support, you know, each other and um, the areas that they, they live in. So I was really lucky when I was meeting these amazing women at, at some of these events I went to when they said, Oh, you know, come up to our farm and, ch and check it out in the spring and the summer. And for me, that was like, wow, I, I'd never been to a cannabis garden. I'd never been to a cannabis farm. So it was obviously very, very enticing. So I went, you know, this is a cautious community. This is a community that was always, you know, very much under the radar to gain the trust of the people in the film took, took time. 
took visits, took, you know, conversations, took smoking a lot of weed. (laughs) So, you know, so they could really see that I was the real deal. And I was very lucky that, you know, they trusted me. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And as a documentarian, you know, what, what, what is smart to do is to have a framework around the story you're going to tell. So we thought we would, um, myself and my producing partner and cinematographer decided to, Christian Bruno decided to frame the film, the one year leading up to legalization. And then the one year following in the lives of these women to see how they would transition from coming out of the shadows into the regulated market. You know, everybody had so much optimism at the beginning, you know, everybody was really excited to, to live their authentic lives out in the open and try this. And yeah, we didn't know that the story arcs were going to turn so dramatic, but that always makes for a good story. But, you know, watching the challenges that everybody faced, you know, was, was difficult, but uh, I hope I captured it um, authentically. I think I did. It was very, very honest. The women really opened up to me and trusted me. And I really, you know, I really wanted to create a very intimate portrait so that people could relate. It doesn't even have to be about cannabis. I mean, these women wanted to succeed in business. You know, they, they wanted to uh, create their own, you know, American dream. And they just happened to have been doing this for years. It was cannabis. And so it was very interesting to have cannabis as the backdrop because there were so many other layers, right. Of, of, of what that meant for it to be cannabis, for it to have been illegal and now legal. So that's a maybe a long-winded answer, but I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I kind of went with it. And then the film was uh, door-to-door done in about three years. And then we had the pandemic, which I had to shelve the film for an entire year last year. But I think it's coming out at a good time because it is good to honor the, the history and, and you know the struggles that the pioneers went through that, that came before everyone that's succeeding today. So you said that you hope that you captured it authentically. And I will tell you that there was not one moment that I was watching it that I felt I could, I did not know this story. It was so authentic. It was so true to the experience that not just Karen and Chia and the other ladies had had. I was shaking my head. I was nodding my head. I was going through, you know, hearing, hearing Karen talk about her hope for the future. I had those same conversations. And knowing, hearing that again and taking myself back to that place of that time and knowing how it's turned out has been, oh God, it just, what I said, it was an emotional roller coaster. I wasn't kidding. But it makes me wonder, you know, what, so we're, we're here today. This film finished three years ago. Chia, where are we today? Well, hi, thanks for having me. Like you said, it's been an emotional roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster for our business, for the whole industry, for for everyone involved watching and <laughs> witnessing what's been going on. Even for the consumers, it's been a roller coaster. You know, we're still in it. It's not over. We're not like smooth sailing yet. It's still a lot of bumps in the road. There's constantly new changes coming at us. Um a lot of people are reconsidering whether this is for them, you know, I mean, I'm doing that. It It's, it's really stressful. And we got into this, you know, for various reasons, you can see the, you know, the women in the movie, they all came to cannabis for, you know, very different purposes, but I fell into it. I mean, I was basically born into this for me. It's all I know. And it's really scary to think like, what else 
can I do? What else should I do with my life? You know, like, is this really the stress we want to live? Um, but yet I'm super committed to my community and the people around me and the plant. And so it's, it's a internal battle that we're, you know, still living. So I have interviewed you a couple of times over the years and I know your story and, and I, I think ladybuds and being out front, um, for this film has you've kind of become a spokesperson, if you will, for the region. So I've gotten to know you over the years, but you know, being in your home and seeing your family, seeing true when he was a little guy was all so personal. And as Chris said, really intimate. Why did you allow the cameras into your space that way? And what was your motivation for doing so and being part of this film? (laughs) Well, I had no idea. I mean, I really thought like Chris was going to interview me. It was going to be one of those things where you sit in front of a bookshelf and you get interviewed for an hour and nothing like that, really. And I didn't know what to expect at all. And neither did my family. I mean, we kind of just flowed with it. And Chris came to our farm and we met her and she just started interviewing each of us individually and then following us around. And it sort of just evolved into that was the story, right? Like at first I kept thinking, well, what is, what is my story going to be like just farming? Um, And it evolved over time. It just sort of happened to land right when we were having a lot of family drama dynamics around the plant. And so the kids were a little resistant but I think they're really embracing it right now. And I don't want to give anything away to the, about the film so much, but um, people can can watch it, of course, and, and see what they think. But, you know, having a family living the cannabis lifestyle with children is a challenge. It's always been a challenge. It was a challenge for me growing up, um, being around the plant and, and learning how to have an appropriate relationship with the medicine. And so I'm reliving that right now, uh, you know, with my, my older son. And then now my younger son is coming into being interested in cannabis, you know? And so it's like, every kid is different. The family dynamics have changed entirely. And so here we are, you know, full circle again. So it's been an interesting experience and being so public about it, um, was very nervous for me in the beginning. I I wasn't quite sure, like, if I even wanted to go see the movie. I had a lot of reservations in the beginning when we we first saw it. Um, Like I said, I never want to watch this again. That was so hard for me. But once I started getting feedback, and once I realized my older son was really, like, learning a lesson from his experience too, I realized like, oh my God, so many people have a similar experience as me. And this is going to be a way to sort of break the stigmas and help people. And so now I'm fully, obviously I'm fully embracing it. And, and here we go. We're on this ride. And my older son has seen the movie a couple of times. He went to the premiere, you know, and he's going to be attending some of the showings that are coming up. So I think he's really like embracing the fact that, you know, it's, it's a plant that we all have to learn how to relate with in our own way. And, and being cautious about it with teenagers is important. Mm -hmm. So as a woman, as a woman grower, and you know, Chris, if you want to weigh in on this as well, from your experience, do you think that you have different challenges being a woman than you would if you were a male farmer or Is it at this point, it's just cannabis and it doesn't really matter the gender of the person running the farm? Well, I'm not running the farm. 
you know, me and my husband are kind of splitting the the workload. We do, you know, each have our strengths and weaknesses, of course, and we complement each other in those ways. And, um, you know, you have to have a passion for the for the plant to even be here anyways. And I have a, a very deep passion for the plant. And I have a, a really deep connection with the medicine itself and how it's helped me personally having that passion is really important because you're going to run into a lot of hurdles. You're going to hit up against a wall. You're going to get negative feedback. You're going to get, you know, all these things that have happened to me over the years working in a very male industry and a male company for a while. Those challenges were really in my face. And, you know, I, yeah, I I feel like you kind of have to roll with the punches, you know, in in every way um, with being in the cannabis industry. And so, I'm maybe not the most smiley, positive person, but I really, you know, that has sort of helped me actually when when challenges come up to really stand up for myself and be um, direct. And that has that has really helped me. And this film has helped me in a lot of ways with self-confidence and just feeling like I'm I'm really I am in the right place and I'm doing the things that need to be done to help this this plant and this industry propel and the women in it have a voice. And so I really feel proud that I'm, you know, I'm able to have this soapbox to get on it and talk about it, you know. Chris, what is your hope for this film? Um, I mean, you know, the dream is actually happening right now. I'm sitting here talking with you. The film is having a theatrical release this week. It's available on streamers. Um, My hope has always been as a filmmaker and a storyteller to reach people with stories. And, you know, I, I tend to lean into stories that aren't so mainstream and, but hope that the mainstream audience will find it and think differently about, you know, the stories I'm telling. And, you know, this film is not only a film about women in cannabis and legalization in California, it's a film about resilience and reaching for your dreams against all odds. And, I hope to uh, inspire women um, to to um, take up the challenge that could be hard sometimes and go and reach for something that they want to do. So, yeah. And aside from that, the messaging in the film is also to, to think about supporting local businesses, supporting women-owned businesses, to think about cannabis differently as a wellness product, as a as medicine, and and also, frankly, to think about our larger society. Uh, I feel like the film reflects in many ways what's going on in this country with, um, you know, corporate capitalism sort of taking over our democracy, not to sound too lofty, but like what's happening on the ground in the cannabis industry with, with big businesses coming in and sort of taking over the mom and pop businesses, or at least making it more difficult for smaller businesses to survive in their regions you know, is, is, is something we need to look at, you know, even on a larger scale with our country. So I, you know, I, I want people to, to think differently about what's, what, what the stories I'm telling in the film and, and to really su- support, support local businesses and, and understand the history and who laid the groundwork for, for this industry that we have today. How did this film change you? How did working on this film change you? Um, well, I mean, I, I went through some up and downs just like the women in the film. I mean, it was, you know, as an independent filmmaker, to keep going meant being resilient, meant finding the money to continue, you know, meant, you know, doing the jobs I needed to do to help the film continue. So 
Um, I, I feel like I've become a better filmmaker. I've, I know the process through and through. I understand the community where, you know, cannabis all started decades ago from Northern California. And, and I learned the little known history of the queer cannabis activism that, that came out of the Castro in the nineties. Um, you know, as a queer filmmaker, I felt, wow, why didn't I know this history? It's so important. Yeah. I'm glad you covered that. I I was really happy to see that in the film. Thank you so much. Yes. So many people I know don't even know about it. And if it weren't for, you know, the queer heroes like Dennis Perone and Scott Imler and Brownie Mary, who were, you know, activists in, in the 90s in the AIDS crisis and actually laid the groundwork of the industry we have today by passing Prop, you know, 215, which legalized medical marijuana. It really, it really did lay, lay the foundations um, for, for this legal industry. So, so I kind of almost felt like it was my duty to, to m- make that history um, known. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- this has been a journey for me too. I've 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 uh, grown close to the women in the film. I'm now part of the community, and I just really, um, you know, I'm very appreciative of the relationships and of, you know, having the privilege to tell these stories. So I feel re- really lucky that I was able to do this. There's a real love among the women in the industry, isn't there? There is, and um, they look out for each other, uh, especially in the small communities in Northern California. I mean, I do live in Los Angeles, but the, the film is a California story. But I, I, I have seen the communities up north, you know, especially the farmers that live in Mendocino and Humboldt. Um, they, they look out for each other. So it is it, the community. You said it earlier. Community really is the heart of this film, and even like including KMUD. You know, the community radio station, I felt, was real anchor to, to, to show and to symbolize just how important community is for, for everybody. It is. It's, and it's important for the plant. And wherever legalization happens across the country, it's the same thing. You know, it's the, there's a sense of community that evolves around the industry. And watching the film, I realized, you know, it, it Humboldt really is kind of the, the tip of the spear is it's where everything cascades from. And even if we are going to be invaded by corporate raiders, a part of the industry that is in its DNA is this community, this sense of community and looking out for each other. And it's one of the reasons that I, I know I've stayed. And, you know, I know Chia, you've led in your attempts to, um, to bring people together you were leading a huge community of growers in uh, Mendocino. Correct. Yeah. Oh, well, Mendocino Generations is a large group of farmers for our area. We have about 60 farms that are um, involved in the group. And basically, we're just a big family who support each other at this point because we understand that community over competition, really, if we're not all here being a part of this, then then who is? And and we are the foundation. We, you know, we're we're family where our kids go to school together, you know, we participate in the same (laughs) events around the county, things like that. That is really vital and important to this whole picture because if that foundation wasn't there, I mean, what, what do we have? This is all the community has had for so long. Cannabis is a vital and extremely important piece of the puzzle where, you know, our economy relies on it. And our economy here in Mendocino County and the Emerald Triangle particularly has suffered incredibly from the lower prices that we're seeing right now, from the difficulty of um, becoming legal or deciding to stay on one side or the other of that fence, you know, um, 
there's there's been some division that's happened and so it's really important to you know support the community and help each other whichever yeah well you know it's interesting because when the film was shot the main issue was larger companies coming in and also very interesting i did not know about the um the five-year guarantee on small farms and how that was tossed aside that that was really incredible to learn very painful to hear um, to just imagine what the industry here would have been like had that happened because we would be in our almost last year, I guess, now that five years. But today the problem is pricing. It's the unlicensed market is taking down the corporations and the small legal farms. So how, where do we go from here, Chia? Well, that's a great question. And that's the conversation I'm having with everyone right now. And it's it's sort of ironic because people who have built this industry don't trust the government in a lot, you know, I mean, that's sort of a theme, right? It's the theme of the community that I live in specifically where people like my parents moved out of um, the urban areas to get away from, you know, the man basically, and to get away from the government and the politics of the time in the late sixties, early seventies and, and start new. And so these people are rebels at heart. You know, I think I said that in the movie. It's like, you have to be a rebel to be here, to be doing this from the beginning. You know, we have to remember that the people who built this industry have a distaste. They they don't have trust for um, bureaucracy. And so a lot of those folks are still deciding whether they think this is a viable thing to to cross that bridge and to come to the other side. And, and, and we're still busting those people. We're still raiding their homes. We're still taking their, you know, their children to CPS. This is PTSD. That's, that's, it has a long history. And so when we say like those people on that side of the fence are ruining it for the people on this side of the fence, it's not that it's, it's very touchy, you know, it's not. And so, you know, I worry for my friends who, who didn't want to cross that bridge. And here I am on the other side and I'm worried for myself and, and the friends who did come over here with me. It's a, it's a challenge. It's hard to know if that was the right decision. What advice would you give quickly to uh, women who are cultivators in new States? What is one piece of advice you would give them to to kind of carry forward in their career with? Mm, Well, finding a unique product, um, a unique company, some way to fit in is really important because, you know, for me, we have a brand and everybody has a brand. It's really hard to stand out. So finding some way to, to really stand out, you know, in your local marketplace um, is really important. I think coming into it because it's, it's so, um, competitive. It's really hard to find shelf space and doing something really unique. You know, people that are doing a lot of these sort of uh, addendums to the branding are really important. These, you know, infused meals, these events, um, a lot of very creative and unique things going on right now. And I think that people can find a place um, in that side of the industry. I think they're going to really thrive because people are so hungry for connection, for community, for something different. And I think that women can really bring that. We've seen that in California for sure. It's kind of been like this um, explosion of creativity in every direction around this plant. So I think women in, in other states, you know, they really have an opportunity to stand out and, and do something wild and fun and new. I love it. 
Chris, do you have any further updates on the women in your film that you can share with us? Well, I I don't want to give away too much in the film. Uh, I I will say that the story's not not over. The women are still finding their way. Um, they're building their businesses, or they've decided to not. Felicia Carbajal, um, the Latinx queer activist, she's amazing, and she is working. 24/7 to you know help repair the harms that the war on drugs had to to communities impacted communities in Los Angeles and frankly across the country and she just led a deep dive into uh, the Los Angeles community and helped expunge 60,000 records recently uh, from the city of Los Angeles and she's a she's a superhero making lots of change and making a difference and um, that was that was made national news recently. She's the executive director of the Social Impact Center, and and they're really focused on helping you know the communities that have been impacted by the war on drugs, which is really really important. Well, there's still a lot of work to do, you know. And as Chia can attest to, it's it's still a struggle. Um, but you know, everybody's remaining hopeful. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to give too much too much away. But all the women in the film, I'll just mention. We have Karen Wagner, who's a who's a former restaurateur from New York turned um, Humboldt uh, cannabis entrepreneur. Um, we have, uh, as we've heard from Chia, who's up in Mendocino, raising a family um, on a cannabis farm. We have Sue Taylor, who's a 72-year-old African-American retired Catholic school principal, whose mission for the last several years was to open a dispensary uh, focused on the needs of senior citizens. And she's super, super inspiring. Mentioned Felicia Carbajal, who's an activist from Los Angeles. And then we have the beloved Bud Sisters, who represent, you know, the OGs uh, that lived in the Humboldt Hills and cultivated cannabis as medicine. They're medicine makers. And, you know, they're, they're older uh, women who've had to decide what to do um, faced with the legalities and the costs of starting their own business later in life. So I like to um, say the film touches on, you know, a lot of different areas of cannabis and with diverse voices. And I'd just be very excited for people to see the film and, and uh, let me know what you think. What's next for you, Chris? You going to do another film about cannabis? <laughs> Everybody's asked me that. I know. And I actually do a lot of work for cannabis companies. I do a lot of video production. Um, I'm, I'm looking at um, um, bringing some of these stories, uh, developing them into series uh, inspired by Ladybugs. I feel like, again, I'm really feel very passionate about women in cannabis. And like I said, and you know, everybody's origin stories are so unique and, and colorful and inspiring. So I do feel that there's a lot of storytelling that still needs to happen. I'm focused on that. And honestly, right now, the film is having a theatrical release. We're opening in theaters across the country this Friday. November 26th, and we're going to be available on demand, video on demand, through your major cable companies and streamers. And yeah, we're continuing an amazing fest film festival run, and the, the reviews have been fantastic. So I'm in the thick of promoting the film and getting the film out there so people can have access to it and, and watch it. Very exciting, <laughs> actually. That's, That's so great. You know, there are so many. There is no... Um, short supply of incredible women in this industry. It, it, you know, all the women, I don't even know how you were able to narrow it down. You said you interviewed a hundred women because they all have so much to share, so much character and, and ambition and 
toughness and strength and wisdom. It's, I'm glad to hear your, your, your thinking into the future about um, how to highlight more of these women's stories. It's so important and so inspiring. Chris and Chia, is there anything else that you want my audience to know before we go? I'm just really grateful to be to be a part of this um, podcast with you and to be given um, the opportunity to talk about the film. And I really hope that audiences far and wide um, watch the film. It's um, you know it it shines the light on women in the industry, but it, it does cover a lot of universal themes and topics. And I think that anybody, uh, whether they're interested in cannabis or not, will re- relate to the film through the universal themes it touches and. And um, what we're what's happening in this country? Legalization is is kind of sweeping the country. So I'm hoping that you know people watch this film and think about it as a cautionary tale because the the way the legislation is being written state to state is very different. Now is an opportunity, you know, to watch the film and see how you know these regulations really impact you know the business community, the the legacy community, and and it's an opportunity to create an industry that's a little bit different that has an equal playing field and includes everyone at the table. Yeah. I'm just excited for people to watch it. And yeah, thank you for having me on. Gia, did you want to say anything before we left, before we end? Well, um, sure. Just wanted to say thank you again for the opportunity. Kira, you're always so um, positive and just um, making a huge impact for the women in the industry. And I, I super appreciate you. So thanks for having us. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by and letting me do an interview with you ladies. Chris, I've been waiting to meet you for years. So it's really great to get the introduction. And, you know, we're here to support what you're doing at Women Empowered in Cannabis as well. So thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you so much. We, I really, really have enjoyed uh, talking with you and I'd love to stay in touch. Thank you so much, Chia and Chris, for your time and for sharing your journey with us today. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by Women Empowered in Cannabis, a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in for another conversation with Women Leading in Cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.